Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick Dylan Waugh. I am the Chewbacca to Ken's Han Solo. Today we're going to be talking about the Dallas Stars, the New Jersey Devils, Hockey Canada, and Nick Suzuki will be the young fellow that we discussed this week. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter. Well, there is a Twitter that is at underscore Dylan Waugh and at Ken underscore Campbell 27. So what do you think, Ken? Can we uh, try to get Brendan Shanahan back over here now that we're actually recording the podcast, or is that, is I don't that know. ship I'll sails? See if, he, if he walks by, if he walks by, I will, uh, I'll summon him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he just, he just, yeah. no, he just walked by and and I, he said hello because I, I've gone a long way back with him, of course, as I do with every old hockey person. And uh, I said, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And he said no. And then he came back and he said, are you really doing a podcast right now? Because he wanted to crash it. But we 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 hadn't started recording yet. So if he walks by again, he's he's getting collared. <laughs> Just uh like that, you know, yeah. bring him over. Brendan, yeah. Brendan, come on. Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I've got the perfect line I'll say to him if if he comes back on. What? Your team sucks? <laughs> nice coat. Who shot the couch? Nice. How? <laughs> Don't do that, okay? No, Don't, I won't do that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I yeah. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> Don't embarrass me in front of my cool friends is what you're actually trying to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worlds collide, man. <laughs> they do, man. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so how's your week? How's your week been? Oh, it's been great. I've been productive and lots going on. And I mean, I know this probably isn't going to be planned until Friday, but I'm here at the uh, Scotiabank Center, Scotiabank Arena, waiting for a, what I think, what I think and hope against hope is going to be an awesome game tonight between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New Jersey Devils, two teams that are kind of the same and like are really fast and offensive and, and you know, play play it really fast and at a good tempo and i'm really looking forward to it watch you know i mean now that i've said that of course it's going to be a it's going to be like one one nothing in a shootout you know but uh (laughs) honestly um it's the onus is on the Leafs right now to not lay that egg because so we are talking about the New Jersey Devils today so we might as well just jump right into it just uh, for those listening and check out kencampbell.substack.com and check us out on Apple Podcasts leave a review like subscribe bingo bango let's move on so um, I mean like I was looking forward to the Montreal New Jersey game for similar reasons yeah yeah New Jersey Devils pile up points and have a near impossible time keeping the puck out of their net in terms of the, for their goaltending Vitek Vanacek in goal saved above expected is 31st in the league. And uh, is it Blackwood? Mackenzie Blackwood is like mm-hmm. 50th. So, but again, good. again, you don't like in, when you have a team that good and a defense core that good, you don't need Marty Berger back there. Who was he? Who is here actually today? I talked to him this morning, but you don't need Marty Berger back there when you've got a team that plays this way and manages the puck this well and moves it out of their own zone. Like, you know, I mean, I I think, you know, you look at the New Jersey Devils and you go, oh, yeah, well, they've got Jack Hughes. They've got Nico Heischer. They've got, you know, they've got Jesper Bratt. They've got all these great offensive players. I think the key to their success this year has been the fact that they've got a 
big mobile defense corps. You know, mm-hmm. this is a defense corps that was really small. It had Ty Smith. It had, you know, a bunch of small guys. Now you've got like a big guy and Dougie Hamilton, of course, Ryan Graves, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler. You know, they brought in Brendan Smith. These guys are 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 big guys who can move the puck and can break up a lot of plays because they got a long arms and long sticks. And they're really, really like they're they're really um a team that I think is built for for today's NHL. I really do. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I mean, they really seem to me like a team that in almost all facets are totally built for today's NHL. They play at a hugely, a huge tempo, you know, hugely quick tempo. You know, you look at, at their, their players. I don't think they have a top 50 player in ice time in the NHL. So what does that tell you? That tells you that they've got four lines that they really trust. So instead mm-hmm. of playing, you know, the top line 23 minutes a game and the bottom line six minutes a game, you know, the top line plays 17 and the other guys play 14 and 10. And, and, and I mean, that serves a team well, uh, you know, both in game and as a season goes on and that kind of thing, like you're not wearing yourself down, you're not having to, you know, rely. And, and it's the same with their defense, you know, they don't have to play Severson. 25 minutes anymore you know um so yeah so it's i think they've really got a good thing going that being said here's my hot take the new jersey devils are going to be are going to get like 100 and whatever points this year they're going to be really good and then they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs (laughs) yeah but everybody's going to get a kick to the nuts if any yeah because if anybody has listened to me over the past years. And some people do, a lot of people don't, but not normally by choice. <clears throat> right. My, my, I, I've, I've been steadfast in my insistence that a team just, you can't teach it how to win in the playoffs and you've got to learn yourself. And usually the way you learn is you get kicked in the pills in mm-hmm. round one. Um, yep. And, and I think that's, what's going to happen to this team. And then, Next year, you're going to see a team that is, you know, all the more ready to do that. I mean, you know, their forwards are guys who, you know, I mean, once, like, once the playoffs start, it changes, right? Yeah. We all know it does. Of course. And, and, you know, you can wreck a masterpiece in the playoffs a lot easier than you can in the regular season, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? So guys like Jack Hughes and... Yes, we're brat and guys who aren't the bigger guys are going to get they're going to get they're going to get a working over. And I think they're, they're going to face something realize, that they've never faced. Yeah, they're going to have to they're going to have to realize, uh, oh, wait a minute. Different game. Got to change the way I play, you know, or right. whatever. Right. So yep. but they've got it. They've got a They've got a great thing going here. So that was a very, very uh, loaded uh, several statements you made, and I want to pick up on a few of them. So one, okay. you are correct. In the NHL, the New Jersey Devil with the most ice time is John Marino, who has so far this year played 270 minutes and 21 seconds, good for 58th most in the NHL. Yeah. So no top 50 player, to your point. Right. Um. So, wow, great job, you know, figuring that out off the top of your head. That's pretty good. Um, the other thing is, is that full disclosure, somebody mentioned it to Lindy Ruff when they were talking, when they were, when he was in a scrum today, he's not fired yet. 
I'm just yeah, kidding. no, sorry, Lindy. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, I've always felt like it's what's so annoying about the load management debate in hockey is that it seems to be like, like, well, you should rest them and not have them play. Oh, okay. Well, then he's in the lineup playing 30 minutes a night. It's like, well, why not? Why not Cut have them in the back, lineup yeah. Yeah. and give them a 10-minute night? Yeah. Right? Why, yeah, yeah, why is yeah. that so hard to say? Just be like, uh, you know, uh, hey, Dougie Hamilton, you're basically just playing power play one tonight. And, uh, you know, maybe if we really, like, if we're really behind the eight ball and we need a push, yeah. we'll put you in. But, yeah. you know, I, I've never understood. If we're up by three, you're going to, we're going to taper things off a little bit here. Yeah. I've yep. never understood why uh, load management has always been a, a do or do not. There is no try situation right for the, for the star wars fans amongst us and then the the final one that i wanted to pick up on and it's, it's going back to my point about uh about the montreal game and and um is that montreal's right now scoring at a very high clip and uh in terms of actual shooting percentage and yep. new jersey is letting goals in at a high clip thanks to their goaltending and so i was i was getting ready for a very exciting game i think it ended off at four or five one five one right? yeah they stomped yeah. them they stomped them a little bit Right. And, 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 and to be honest, Montreal didn't have a lot of decent pushes. And so this is why I say going into tonight's game against Toronto, and I got to be careful because I know that, you know, Brendan Shanahan might be listening to my every word and taking notes right behind <laughs> you there <laughs> <But> <laughs> because Ken refuses to wear headphones in the, in the, uh, <laughs> these casts, but, um, you know, but the onus is on Toronto really <laughs> to, to not lay that egg. I mean, they've got, the shooting power that can take advantage of these goaltenders. And this can be, this could be one of the most fun games of the year, or it could just, but at the end of the day, Toronto's ability to run and gun will be tested and they will need to win this on run and gun because with players like to your point, Hughes and Brat and, uh, and Hamilton actually, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> your ability to limit their offense is, uh, not perfect under the best of circumstances. <laughs> yeah. How would I put it that way? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's not, let's not talk too much about a game that is already going to have been played by the time this airs. Oh, I'm going to try to get this out tonight. <clears throat> oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to get this out. as soon nice. as we're done here. Yeah. Yeah. I figured I'm going to, you know, take my job seriously for once. Hmm. <laughs> so there's uh, a first for everything. There's, uh, there is a first for everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And, Anyways, uh, tomorrow in, I'm going to try a vegetable. <laughs> in in closing, I would say that Tom Fitzgerald, who I covered Tom Fitzgerald when he played for the Leafs. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I used to cover the Leafs for the Toronto Star. For the who? Yeah. So anyways, you look around the room, right? And you go, who are the general managers, future general managers? And I knew as soon as that guy showed up, he was a future general manager. Interesting. You know, and, and like I didn't, but I'll tell you, boy, I'd look around that room and I sure. Boy? <laughs> no, I'll tell you, buddy. Uh, I'd look around that room and I sure didn't peg Travis green as an, as a future NHL coach at that time. Um, well, this is what cracks me up because coach. you once told me that the two guys <laughs> that you would have pegged as being Definitely not future NHL coaches were Travis Green and Bruce Boudreaux. Right. And now they have <laughs> consecutively coached the Vancouver Canucks. 
Because <laughs> that's all. And one of them is fired, and another one. Well, who knows? <laughs> can Can you tell your your Travis Green story, which I thought was uh, eminently <laughs> funny, very quickly? I guess I can. Sure. So we're at. Um, I can't remember what year it was. Early two thousands, and the Leafs used to take part of their training camp to. Um, to St. John's Newfoundland with them, right? And they they play at the Mile One Center, which is called the Mile One Center because it's basically at Mile One of where Canada starts after right. the ocean. And so Travis Green comes off the ice, and Travis was never. Let's see. I, I mean, he he was never the fittest guy in the on the team. Like he wasn't going to win the fitness competition, right? Uh, so he comes off the ice. He's heaving and puffing and huffing and puffing and he looks over at me and and terry koshin from the sun and he says uh oh my god he goes what's the altitude here (laughs) and i'm like the effing atlantic ocean is 10 feet that way what do you think the altitude is here (laughs) somewhere between zero and one yeah (laughs) i'm gonna take a wild stab at poor at sea level Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get all of that oxygen into your body, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it's too thick, too dense. Yeah. Um, well, I really, I always love that story, man. But uh, <laughs> all right. So, do you want to? Do you want to move on? Should we do? Uh, we got a few topics to cover. Why don't yep. we go to the crummy one first? Yep. And then, uh, and then we'll we'll move on to two fun ones afterwards. Don't forget to check out kencampbell.substack.com. You just released an article about what we're talking about next uh, recently on your Substack. Uh, you get this episode, these podcasts, and of course, Ken's writing directly into your inbox when you subscribe. And check us out on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, all that great stuff. Ken, what's our next topic? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you don't want to introduce it, so I guess I will. But uh, Bob Nicholson, who was... The, I had one job to do. Yeah, you have <laughs> one job. Bob Nicholson, who was, the, of course, the CEO and president of Hockey Canada from uh, 1998 until 2014, uh, appeared before the government committee, the Canadian Heritage Standing Committee, uh, that's looking into um safe sports in canada and and you know dealing with the fallout of the gang rape in the 2018 with the 2018 world junior team the the alleged gang rape involving the 20 2003 world junior team so to make a long story short he appeared before this committee this week and um you know i mean i guess my takeaway from it is that after seeing person after person after person from hockey canada be arrogant, belligerent, non non committal, um, evasive. Um, Bob Nicholson was refreshingly frank, um, and he he laid himself. He fell on his sword, basically. You know, I mean, he basically said, uh, "I wish I could turn the clock back." You know, uh, some of the things I did were wrong. Like they. They did a lot of this in secret, you know, a lot of these deals that they did, they had them in what's called in-camera meetings, which means they're private meetings, minutes aren't taken, you know, and he said, we shouldn't have done that. We should have, you know, we should have been more open with people about these funds, you know, and, uh, you know, like things like the National Equity Fund and the, the and, and those sorts of things that were used um, in large part to pay off um, sexual assault victims. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I've, I know Bob. I've uh, covered Bob for a long, long time. Um, and I know there are people out there that say, you know, the Edmonton Oilers should be firing, should have fired him 10 minutes ago. Um, you know, I, I, I like I said, I, at, at, at best, he's a busy executive who kind of fell asleep at the switch when it came to a lot of this stuff and maybe left it to other people and the buck didn't stop with him. And at worst, he was you know, uh, what a lot of hockey people are, and that's they care about championships and money over people, mm-hmm. um, over people's lives. And I tend to think it was the former more than mm-hmm. the latter. Um, you know, that's not to say that he is not without guilt because he his I think his his legacy with Hockey Canada is uh, is going to take a big hit. You know, I mean, when when he was when he was running Hockey Canada, they were winning gold medals like there was nobody's business. I think there were six world championships, five world juniors, four world women's, four uh, four Olympic women's golds, three Olympics men's golds, a couple of under-18s, both for men and women. Uh, you know, I mean, they were winning winning championships like crazy. They were hosting events, making a ton of money, selling out buildings. You know, I mean, he's part of what made the world juniors what it is right now. Um you know, but that doesn't mean a hill of beans when um, when you fall asleep at the switch and you let things like this happen and you um, and you're, you're part of the part of the problem. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to condemn him too much, but I mean, the buck was supposed to stop with him and it should stop with him. And it and it did stop with him. Yeah. And and to your point, uh, I mean, he's he's admitted as such. Yeah, like this yeah. is not a this is not a situation where we're speculating or whatever. He's admitted to the fact that uh, he should have been better. Yeah, to his credit, in my opinion, to his credit, I think I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. In a situation like, and and this is something that um, Greg Kahuli said to us uh, when he was on our our podcast that always stuck with me is he said that the national equity fund, he said in many ways is a good idea that have a way to help victims when something goes wrong, that doesn't involve having to go through lawyers right? and the right. legal speak and the legal double talk and all of well, that and, stuff. And things that are uninsured as well. I mean, there are right. uninsured liabilities. That's the thing, right? So, right. Yeah. And, and so the, so for, for um, Bob to, essentially just speak frankly and again to to that point it's not lawyer talk this is not i'm trying to just legally cover my butt this is this is i'm like and i think that that's what people want in this is and and that's what we're so tired of is we're just like aren't you a human being like aren't you disgusted by this don't you have a a daughter or a mother or a sister or somebody that you care about in your life you shouldn't need to have someone like that in your life no no i yeah you're right by this yeah you're right you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I just think you should be disgusted either way. <laughs> no, I, you, you're, you're obviously yeah. right about that, yeah. but I'm just saying that like, it's, it's, it's the fact that the humanity has been taken out of this process yeah. and it's been all yeah. posturing to yeah. this point. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's been um, very difficult uh, for, for us as the public to grasp. And, right on. Yeah. 
So uh, do you have much more to say about that? Like I said, I, I was not overly following this. I just kind of <laughs> wanted a little Hockey Canada hiatus for myself and uh, didn't. Uh... I think the biggest takeaway from this is, is, you know, they are looking for a new board of directors. They are looking for a new CEO. And I mean, you've got to have someone in place that has a handle on these things that, that can deal with stuff like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you need someone who's a, who's a hockey person as well to win those championships and to put in those grassroots programs and to, you know, keep hockey running in this country, but you definitely need someone who has a, a, a really good sensitivity towards these sorts of things. And so I, I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Um, yeah. But they might be. So maybe it's more than one person. Maybe it's, you know what I mean? Maybe there's some kind of restructuring that they have to do. It wouldn't. I mean, like, there's just there's just so many obvious avenues to take with this, right? There yeah. was the, the academic letter that was penned and everybody that signed that letter. Reach out to those academics and say, who do you who do you put forward as, you know what I mean? You don't have to take yeah. the recommendation necessarily, but it's like, it's not like there have been silent voices this whole time, right? Yeah. You just yeah. mentioned Greg Galhuli, right? As a not silent voice who happens to be a corporate lawyer, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they, it's, you know, and I'll, I'll end off, everybody knows I love my history analogies, the only reason why Winston Churchill became prime minister is because he was the lone voice against um, appeasement, the appeasement yeah. policies. Yeah. Right. He made was a pretty the voice- good call on Hitler too. made a pretty decent call on Hitler too. Right. But this is, <laughs> but well, you know, whenever I'm, I'm feeling upset, I always just remember Winston Churchill's words, which were. Yeah. But my, my point is, is that, is that it's not as though there have not, it's not as though there have not been people that are within and around hockey that have been publicly making their voices known this whole time yeah. about the need for change that couldn't be, that aren't, qual- that are qualified both to your point, not being mutually exclusive, both from the hockey side of things and from the basic human morality side of things. Mm-hmm. They exist. Yep. Come on. You and I are around hockey every day. And and I've got to say, I've met a lot more moral people than amoral people. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. It's like, it's not a crazy thing. So, anyways. Yeah. Uh, see if Brendan wants to come back and uh, ask him if he wants the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Shall we move on? Yep. All right. Don't forget to check out Ken at Ken underscore Campbell 27 on Twitter. And of course, myself at underscore Dylan one, this podcast at hockey, no filter. Let's talk about Nick Suzuki. Okay. We want to, we've been kind of covering like one young fella every week and I've been kind of enjoying that. And uh, of course, Nick Suzuki, I cover the Habs. So this is, this has been the exciting one for me. Tell me uh, your thoughts on Nick Suzuki's season so far. Uh, Oh, I think it's been spectacular. I mean, he's not only, <clears throat> you know, at well, not well above a point a game, but but marginally above a point a game, which is mm-hmm. great in today's mm-hmm. NHL. Um, but he's scoring important goals too. Like he's scoring goals that, you know, ignite comebacks and, 
you know, put them ahead in games and put them ahead in games to stay, you know? And I just think with Nick Suzuki, it's like every young player, it's a, it's an evolution, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I think there were times in when he played junior hockey and, and that, that he was pretty inconsistent. And, you know, there were times, and I think that's what people were looking for from him that he wasn't given them, you know, mm-hmm. is that consistency. And now, I mean, he's the picture of consistency, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he plays hard every game. And I don't want to say that he should be mentioned as a future Patrice Bergeron because that's a pretty high bar but mm-hmm. i can certainly see some i can certainly see some some uh some similarities there that's for sure yeah so one thing that needs to be mentioned he's shooting at almost 30 percent yeah which is outrageous won't won't continue yeah 27 yeah 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 27 exactly 27 percent. <laughs> but he does have uh a team second place 14 individual high danger shot attempts for so mm-hmm. he is shooting from high danger areas he's got yeah, which, means, which means you're going to have a good shooting percentage right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> not, not normally 27 you know, so, so if you're putting yourself in spots where you're going your shooting percentage is going to be enhanced well that tells me that you're going to places that are are not the most fun places on the ice to be sometimes <laughs> and and you know you're taking you're taking what you have to take to get to those spots and stay in those spots and get open in those spots. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-day parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is a go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pre-game money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL with THPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, you're right uh, that you get to the good areas and you're going to have a high shooting percentage for Nick Suzuki. Um, Not normally that high, not sustainably that high, but still he's at like 19 points in, in however many games. games. Yeah, Yeah. 16 games. So it's like, so he misses a few more of those goals and he, he goes down to a point a game, like even with regression, he's still having a fantastic year. And you don't normally associate captains that are so young with guys that were not um, obvious generational talents, right? Like Connor McDavid, obviously he's going to be the captain. Sidney Crosby, obviously he's going to be the captain, right? But you don't normally associate captains uh, being made captain that young with, with guys that were not, you know, well, yeah, and, and I think I think that's what makes it makes this so impressive is that he is taking on that mantle of leadership and he's producing as mm-hmm. a young guy, and that's not always easy. That's really not always easy, right? Like, so, you know, we've seen young guys who take on leadership roles and they feel like 
you know, they've got to do, they've got to devote so much to that, that sometimes their game suffers. And I mean, it's been the opposite with Nick Suzuki. His, his game has flourished as, as he's been the captain. I think part of it too is, you know, he's, he's, he's got some pretty good players around him, right? Like for a change, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this time last year's Cole Caulfield was in the minors, I think, you know, um, and then, you know, I mean, I, I didn't like the Kirby Doc trade for Montreal. I I will come out and say I I I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was soft. I thought he was kind of lazy. I thought, you know, I did, I certainly didn't see him as a as a centerman. And I mean, now they've got him on the right side of that line, and I think that's a good fit. I think he's been really good for for both uh, for both Suzuki and Caulfield. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's he's got some good guys around him. He's got some good leaders around him and, you know, with people like Brennan Gallagher and Joel Edmondson. And, you know, there are some veteran guys on that team that uh, can help him carry that leadership load. But Mm -hmm. like I said, I mean, I think it's all the more impressive that he's he's embraced the leadership and is carrying the C, which which I mean, can be heavy on a sweater on a Montreal Canadian sweater. The C can be a pretty heavy load. Uh, yeah. in a market like that and uh he's not only doing it like he's he's thriving he's bringing out the best in him yeah yeah i i completely agree i think that last year's absolute um or not i think i mean it's been reported on so it's not uh it's not an opinion here but uh last year's absolute disaster of a season and how Nick Suzuki fared that with the grace and dignity that we've come to expect of him yeah. wise beyond his years. That's what led to him being made captain is, is yeah. the fact that, like, you know what I mean? Like what, what more that, that was literally the worst season in Montreal Canadians history. So if you're looking for a litmus test, looking for a litmus test, like, you know, there's no better one in the world, right? Yeah. 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 Trust me, I watched, I maybe missed two games last year. That was the Ooh. worst viewing experience you could possibly have. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, to your point, uh, it is. It's, you know, the C is heavy on every sweater, but uh, it seems that the older the design of the sweater, a la Toronto Maple the Leafs, a la Montreal the Canadians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, Boston yeah. Bruins, New yeah. York Rangers, the older the sweater, the heavier that sea is. Sorry, Detroit, you guys too. And uh, well, you forgot oh, the Rangers or Chicago. I, Chicago was the one that I forgot. Now, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, Rangers in Chicago. That you guys yeah. too. <laughs> but it's uh, but the one thing that I'll say, and I and and this will kind of be my last thing, is that what I like Promise? about it is sorry. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, dear listener, but I'm pinky swearing Ken right now. Yep. Okay, um, so, uh, last so. thing that I'll say about it is that he's done it with uh, while well, maintaining a certain amount of his personality. He's not just Mr. Robot. Like as soon as you said Chicago, <laughs> no offense to the guy. He seems like a that great guy, true. but yeah. I started yeah. thinking about Jonathan Taves in every press conference I've ever seen him in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like talking to a speak and say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you think of your effort in the third period? The cow goes. Oh, <laughs> the pucks go deep. Uh, Sorry. You have a kid, don't you? You have a little kid. That's why you know, made that analogy. 
I uh, we just got her because we're driving out to Montreal tomorrow, and oh, uh, cool. we just got her some more Leapfrog books. Nice. Yeah, to hopefully see what should be a very fun matchup between Montreal and the Philadelphia Flyers, two teams that are exceeding expectations and are just mm-hmm. uh, raring and going right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, nothing beats nothing beats the Bell Center on a Saturday night. Just nothing. I'm sorry. Nothing. 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 It's and absolutely nothing beats the Bell Center on a Saturday night when they're playing the Leafs. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter how good or how bad both teams are. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome experience. A hundred percent agree. A friend of mine and I, we used to joke about how the Montreal Canadiens and the Leafs have just never been good at the same time in our lifetime. It's true. It's true. And then, and then we finally had the playoff series that we, you know, between Montreal and Toronto for the first time in our lifetimes. And we were like, this is going to be great. And, uh, he didn't think so, so much by the end of it. I guess not. (laughs) Yeah. But they were evenly matched. It went to seven, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Shall shall we move on after that little kick to the shins? (laughs) All right. Our last topic today is the Dallas Stars. And I think that the both of us deserve to toot our own horn a little bit because last year, I remember we were talking about the Dallas Stars and we were talking about their aging core and we were on the phone and then we we started chatting about their their young guys coming up. And I was like, I think they got a few really good ones. And then you started oh, yeah. doing the research and you wrote the article about it. And then the next week we talked about it on the podcast. And it is it's they're 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 joining. It's it's like seamless. And then of course, on top of that, the guys like uh Robertson is, is taking a, a step. I almost said Nick Robertson, because <laughs> we were just joking with the Maple Leafs, but are taking a step forward beyond what we expected it's incredible tell me how you're feeling about the uh about the dallas stars um well i i mean is there a better line in hockey right now than than joe pavelski between rupe henson and uh and jason robertson (sighs) not that i can think of off the top of my head yeah no i mean they are they're now the prime line in the NHL. I mean, Jason Robertson right now, what does he have? 18 points in his last nine games. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah. Yeah. And boy, you know, like maybe losing John Klingberg wasn't the worst thing in the world for the Dallas stars. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, has John Klingberg done anything this year in Anaheim? (laughs) It's, uh, no, I mean, not not of note. Like, uh, I I mean, I've watched a, a little bit of their games, and and once in a while you'll see an individual play, but it's it's really like it's it's not. Uh, there's no team success. Yeah. So you know, it's not like he's yeah. driving team success because there's none to be had already. Yeah. And it's so Datsuk was part of the two kids and an old goat line. Yeah. And and that was that was the one that I was trying to remember when we were on the phone the other day. Datsuk was part of the yeah, two yeah, kids in yeah. an old goat line. And yeah. if two kids in an old goat, if that name could ever be uh, rebranded, it's the Pavelski line right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's because he's three years away from being the oldest guy in the NHL, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which is uh, no small feat, and uh, and two kids, right? Well, you know what? I mean, it's it's really interesting because it it as we all know, and we're not. There's nothing, there's, this is not a secret at all, but the key to success is drafting and developing. You look at the 2017. 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Eh? You look at Dallas's draft in 2017. They had two first round picks. Yeah. Number three and number 26. They got Miro Heiskin at, at number three. They got Jake Ottinger at 26. And then they picked 13 picks later, 39 in the second round. They got Jason Robertson. Might as, might as well have just packed up at that point and left. Yeah. Because that's your dream draft right there. That is one of, that's that, that's like an all-time draft. I mean, you know. <laughs> you, you don't get, need another pick for two, three years, to be yeah, honest. Exactly. exactly. Right? Like, if you think about well, how, yeah. what a crapshoot drafting is, that I, I think a second-round pick has like a one-in-five chance of making the NHL, of yeah. like playing any games in the NHL, like, at all. Yeah. Right? And if you think about that and you get three guys that are not just in the NHL, but are like probable superstars, Jake, Jake Ottinger for goal save to have expected is number four in the league right now behind Hart, Sorokin, Hellebuck, and Skinner. Mm-hmm. It's a heady company, if you yep. ask me. Yeah, and, and if I knew what, James, what goal saved above expected actually meant, I would probably agree with you. You've explained <laughs> it to me a hundred times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I just, I don't remember. It's okay. It just means he's good. That's great. Fantastic. Okay, he's got the eighth best save percentage in the league. How's that? That's good. We know that. Not bad. That's not bad. bad. I mean, yeah. you know, oftentimes when you're number one, it's not sustainable. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I've always found that um, that number one normally means that there's a little bit of luck involved. And number 32, you know, normally means that you're there for a reason. Right. Right. And, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you look at any every single team that's that's won the Stanley Cup. Right. It's normally there's at least some luck that happened, whether it's health or whether it's a, an easy matchup in the second round or whatever the case is. There's normally some luck. But teams yeah. that that don't make the playoffs, it's normally because they're not playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my justification yeah. for. So, you know, it's it's my point is to say that. There's no worry that Ottinger's not number one. That's not really a, a, an expectation that you should have for him. and doesn't necessarily mean the best goalie in the league. Right. Well, you know, and they're getting, they're getting some, some really good contributions up and down the lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, two guys who have been lightning rods for the last couple of years. Um, you know, I mean, the owners come out and talked about them and, you know, basically shit talked them and said they were making too much money and everything. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I think both of those guys have been really good this year. I think Sagan's been, been very good as their second line center. And I think Jamie Ben's had a nice little bounce back as well. And, and he's playing on the third line with, you know, with a rookie at center, Wyatt Johnson, who stepped in and played really well. And another young guy in Ty Delandria. So, um, you know, they've got four lines that can score and, and can play, um, you know, their defense core, even though they lost Klingberg really hasn't, ha- you know, I mean, they're, they're not, there's not a bunch of, you know, household names on there, but you've got, you know, you've got a first pairing pairing of Heisken and a suitor. That's way, way above average, yeah. you know, and then you've got the S Lindells. I think Yanni Hockenpah, a, a really good, useful guy that they picked up is, you know, has really helped. So, yeah. but I mean, this is exactly what you want. Like every team, you know, look at the Vancouver Canucks right now with their contract with JT Miller. And if they retain Bo Horvat, which I have serious doubts towards at this point, but yeah, what that contract will look like. 
the, the, the point is, is that every team that overpays their veterans and they know that they're doing it, they're smart enough to realize that they're doing it like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, your hopes is, is that by the time they are going down to their, like you said, Jamie Ben's like now kind of a third line secondary yeah. scoring sort of guy. Your yeah. hopes is that your underpaid young kids are pushing those guys out. And so Jamie Ben's got 15 points in 16 games. Like that's good by any standard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, if he was on your first line, you're not complaining at 15 points in, in, in 16 games, you know, no, yeah, even the yeah. fact that, and this is such a niche little thing, but like of his nine assists, six of those are primaries. So he's yeah. directly contributing to, 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 to the, to the, um, to the well-being of this team, but he's being pushed out by the underpaid, you know, uh, younger guys as he's entering the twilight of his contract and his NHL, NHL usefulness. And, mm-hmm. and that being said, I have to say, I didn't think that Pete, I thought that Pete DeBoer was not going to be good. I don't know. Everywhere he's gone, he, he turns things around pretty quick. I, yeah, I think, exactly. I he took he, over I, Vegas doing really well and turned it around really quick. No, but I think he, I think he has, I think his first year in San Jose, they made the Stanley cup final. I think his first year in New Jersey, they made the Stanley cup final, yeah. you know, yeah. and we haven't even talked about Mason Marchman, a, a huge pickup for them Huge, yeah. over the, over the off season, you know, yeah. I mean, a guy who, um, you know, undrafted in the OHL undrafted in the NHL, but you know, a guy who really like, and, and Jim Nill said he's, he's, he's Corey Perry, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know that he's Corey Perry. I think he may be a poor man's Corey Perry. Yeah. yeah. And best. Nick Suzuki is, uh, oh. is, uh, Patrice Bergeron, like what we were talking right. about. Yeah, earlier. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, but he's been, he's been really good for them too. So, yeah. Corey Perry's won a scoring title. If, yeah. He if did. Serves. And, and I don't think that Mason Marchment is in, in danger of doing that at any time soon. Nope. But it's not to say, but it's not to say that he's not, a but he will get 50 points. He'll get, he will get 50 points a year for the next five years. I would say 50 to 60 points. I mean, you take that every day of the week, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, like uh, consistency is so difficult in the NHL. So difficult to find. It's obviously magnified with goaltending and, and seeing Ottinger, you know, having, uh, another strong season, but, uh, you know, consistent point scores, you know, Tyler Toffoli didn't have like what, six, seven, 20 goal seasons in a row by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't just happen because he's not good. You can have one, right. And yeah. dine out on that for the rest of your life, but you don't have seven by accident. And, what, do you do and with Joe, what do you do with Joe Pavelski after this season? I mean, him all your money. Yeah. Well, no, but he's, he'll be 39. I know, I but mean, he's just if, getting better with age. But if you can just, if you can just convince him to keep going on one year contracts, you know, you, you might even be, be inclined to overpay him for the, for that one year, yeah. you know, but uh, you know, just to stick around and cause then that way, you don't end up signing a guy who's going to have two more good years to a three-year deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, you know, speaking of which addition by subtraction with, um, with uh, Radulov, you know, no yeah. longer being on the books there as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe Pavelski, like, uh, you know, the other Joe from San Jose kind of set, set 
the standard for what could happen here. I think that his first contract with San Jose after um, after his big contract ended was a one-year, $9 million contract. Yeah. You know, and, and so they might say to Joe Pavelski, to your point, look, yeah. we only want to do one year and, and we'll take care of you and give you the one year that you're worth. But this year, it's going to be all the money that we have left. Mm-hmm. And next year, it might be less. You might be you might wind up on league minimums in a, in a couple of years, but we're going to take care of you at the front end as much as best yeah, as we can. Yeah. I mean, and they, they kind of did that this year, but they didn't overpay, right? Like they yeah. his only his caps hit his cap hit is five point five, right? He's got and and it may like performance bonuses. He's got five hundred thousand, so that may bump up to six on the overage, right? If he hits if he hits his bonuses. Yeah. Um, well, he gets a hundred thousand for each of 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 games played. So he's already gotten a hundred thousand of that. He's probably, he's probably going to play 50 games this year, at least maybe all 82. So he'll probably collect that extra 500. So it's, he's on the books for six. Like that's man. I'd take that. I would take that any day of the week. Every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I mean the fact that he signed a one-year deal this year, is that mean he's, going to be prepared to sign a one-year deal next year and a one-year deal the year after. Um, uh, presumably he's happy there. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for a guy like Joe Pavelski, uh, I speak as if I know him, I don't know him at all, but for <laughs> a guy like Joe Pavelski, he's in a situation where uh, you're able to see tangibly the, your team's long-term ability to have success. Right. 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 Yeah. And, uh, and so I could see, yeah, I could definitely definitely see like the, you know, the Jason Spezza treatment for Joe Pavelski in mm-hmm. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Because ultimately, you know, look, it's everybody's going to want to make more money. You give a, ch- a guy an option to make more money or less money. They take more money every day of the week. But guy wants a championship. Yeah. The guy, yeah. that's that's what he needs at this point in his career. He needs a championship. And, well, and, and, Dallas and gives but them is, the he, is he? Yeah, I mean, they do have a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how good the chance is this year, but it's 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 not going to be worse the year after. Well, they're they're not like I mean, I think they're a team that is in that mix. You know? Yeah. I mean, and then and then the second tier contenders to be in that. Yeah, they're they're among the second tier teams. Yeah. For for a championship, they're in that yeah. mix, and then you know you go into the playoffs, and once you get in there. It's so Ken, before we get out of here, I, uh, I was trying to explain knock, knock jokes to my daughter and, uh, found out that, uh, that I don't know many knock, knock jokes. So I started just making some up. This one stuck. Knock, knock. Oh, really? Like, are, are we going to regret this after? Oh, I have no regrets in life. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tab. Taboo. It's not taboo. It's a knock-knock joke. Hey, if this was in person, I'd be trying to high-five you right now. Yeah. I'd have, and, I'd have and, like your and, wrist and in my, my other hand. And my hands would be in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before we get out of here, check out Ken Campbell. So your stuff. two-year-old daughter like understood that joke? My two-year-old daughter knows basic arithmetic. Oh, really? Oh, she's I'm, a genius. Yeah. We're in the gifted program. Like right away, yeah. she's gifted. Yeah, so, okay. so we we were at she's Mastermind. Kid, eh? She's your kid, eh? 
Yeah. Let's never forget that. <laughs> they say that intelligence skips a generation. My mom's quite smart as well. <laughs> yeah. We were at Mastermind today and uh, and we found a book that is a preschool prep book. So it's like, hey, you know how you send your kid to school to learn stuff? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Let's have a school before that school to get them ready for that school. All right. And here's also what I'm thinking. Before you can go to that school, we should have a book to prepare you for this school that prepares you for school that prepares you for life. <laughs> Guys, they're one. Like, give it a rest. Holy uh, smokes, man. No, are- what you have to do is get them on skates and get them playing at a high competitive level 85 games a year at that age. That's what you got to do. Well, obviously, but the steroids that I'm going to inevitably give her aren't going to help with that. No. <laughs> I've already I've already started desensitizing her to injecting between her toes to hide the tracks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm either preparing her for steroids or train spotting. I don't know. You take your pick. Oh boy. <laughs> so before we get out of here, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Check us out on Twitter at hockey no filter at Ken underscore Campbell27. And of course at underscore Dylan Wah. And we will talk to you next week.